In this episode, I want to talk about some of the inertia that happens when people are considering starting a new business. They get a little bit worried, they start overthinking things, and they feel like everything has to be perfect, but it has become so easy to test solopreneur business ideas. So it's really good to get things out there and get some data from real customers. I'm Larry Cornette, and this is Invincible Solopreneurs. So if you want to uh, read this newsletter that's associated with this podcast episode, this is Stop Overthinking and Start Testing, issue number 46. Go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com. It is so hard to open a new restaurant. I don't know if you've ever been involved with that. I have a family member who's done it. I have some friends and family members who've started restaurants. A lot of work. You got to find a physical location for the restaurant and rent the space. You got to hire staff. You got to hire people to work in the kitchen. You got to hire people who are going to wait on customers. All that stuff. You got to get licenses. You might have to get a liquor license. You got to get inspected. The space has to be inspected, food inspections. You got to get a lot of stuff buttoned up before you can launch a restaurant. Similarly, it takes a pretty long time to set up a new retail store. It's almost as complicated. Maybe you don't have to uh, have a kitchen where you're preparing food, but you got to buy goods that you're going to stock on shelves. You got to hire employees. You got to get a physical space. You got to get your business license. You name it. It's almost as complicated. And uh, I can tell you from my own experience, it's challenging to launch a tech startup when you have to hire employees. You have to find office space for everybody. Um, You have to secure funding. It costs a lot to pay salaries for people. And before you're making money, how are you going to do that? That's why a lot of people raise funding. However, it's pretty cheap and easy to test a location-independent solopreneur business idea, which is what I absolutely love. That's what I'm focused on in this community. The biggest barrier to doing it is you. Yeah, the biggest barrier standing between you and your new business is really you. Because it is pretty easy to do it. It's probably your perfectionism. If you're anything like a lot of the people I work with and the issues I face myself. Uh, Your fear of failure. Your ability to focus. Your time management. That's a big one. And kind of a surprising one in some cases. Your pride. I know that... um, this was an issue I dealt with. The tipping point will occur when the pain of your current situation, your current employment situation, is greater than your fear of the unknown. When your pain that you're facing every day, if you hate your job, if you're frustrated, if you really want to get out of it, 
is greater than your fear, that's the tipping point. When the alternatives are so unpleasant, you blast right past your risk aversion. And it really changes everything. I remember hitting that tipping point over seven years ago when my tech startup failed. I've talked about my startup and it was a great experience, but it failed. And then we just could not get traction. And our investors were like, okay, we're done. We don't want to put more into it. So I had spent a year winding things down, saying goodbye to my partners, saying goodbye to my employees. These people had all become very close friends over the years, working side by side on a startup. And I worked with my accountant and my lawyer to turn off the lights for good and say, this is it. We're done. It was sad. It was painful and it was depressing. The pain of staying in that situation in those final days was greater than any fear of the unknown. Anything was better than wallowing in my depression, thinking about my failed startup day after day. And at that point, having no income to pay my bills, right? That was it. When you shut down the startup and you run out of money, you don't have an income anymore. So at that point, I considered the alternatives. What was I going to do? What was I going to do next? One was I could found a new startup and try to raise funding again. And I had talked with a few people about that and a few advisors and was considering it. But the market timing was not that great. I could return to a job with a Silicon Valley tech company. And um, this was before the pandemic. This was before remote work became so popular. So that would have meant moving... Moving back to the Bay Area and trying to figure out if I was going to sell the house I had just purchased. I could take a job with a tech company somewhere else, right? Didn't have to be the Bay Area, but I'd have to relocate my family, which I had just done. We had just moved. So I'd have to move my entire family again. Or I could take a basic nine to five job at a local business, you know, close to where I live. But if you've ever moved out of a major metro area into kind of a rural area, there aren't a lot of jobs. And the jobs there are don't pay that much, right? I'm not going to make a ton of money working at Home Depot. Or a fifth option. I could take a swing at launching my own solopreneur coaching business and see what happens. I mean, what did I have to lose, really? (laughs) Uh, Well, they say that uh, necessity is the mother of invention. So the first four alternatives seemed so unpleasant that I just went for it. I just went for it. You know, I didn't want to 
I didn't want to do another startup. I was pretty burned out. I didn't want to move back to the Bay Area. I didn't want to take a job and relocate my family. And I didn't want to take a job at um, the local hardware store, even though it might be fun, because I didn't think I'd be able to support my family on that. So I just went for it. I crushed my perfectionism into a little tiny ball and I shoved it to the back of my mind. And I told myself, I can always make the business better and I can tune it as I go along. It does not have to be perfect. My fear of failure? Well, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I had already experienced a massive failure and the gut-wrenching embarrassment of my startup failing. I mean, failure no longer had any power over me. There is something incredibly liberating about experiencing a significant failure. Once it happens, then it doesn't scare you anymore. Other failures are like, so what? I'll deal with it. I'll bounce back. I'll figure it out. I already survived it. It is a lot easier to focus when you fear you're going to lose your home <laughs> and you won't be able to feed your family. Uh, I can laugh about it now. Ha ha. Very funny, right? But I was able to focus intensely and everything became crystal clear. I was lucky in one way, I guess, that time management was no longer a big issue. I could focus on building my new business, but I, you know, I was spending a little bit of time exploring alternatives at this point because I didn't know if it was going to work. And finally, I swallowed my pride. This was a big one. I had to close the door on my 23-year tech career. I mean, I spent over two decades building that career. Starting as an entry-level designer and researcher at IBM, working at Apple, going to a startup, you know, going to eBay and becoming a design manager and becoming a design director. And then I went to Yahoo, um, became a senior director and then a vice president and ended up being a VP of consumer products. So I went into product management and was a CEO of my own tech startup. And I uh, basically closed the book on it and said, goodbye. And a lot of my friends said I was insane to do that. It felt really strange to walk away from that. I was not sure if I was making a huge mistake. But one thing really did help. It really helped to focus on helping other people. And I know you've probably heard that before. And I know I'd heard it before and didn't believe it. And I was like, yeah, right. The, the last thing I need when I'm struggling emotionally is uh, to be charitable, but it does help because you are outwardly focused. You're focused on other people and helping them with their problems and you lose that inward focus. You stop being so obsessed about your own problems. It helped. So... If you've been thinking about starting a business, and you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, but you're waiting and waiting for the right moment to do it, I highly recommend launching something smaller right away. 
to test your ideas, which is what I did. I didn't try to launch the grand vision of my business and the entire ecosystem of what I was thinking about doing and hire a bunch of employees and get a, you know, an office space. Oh, come on. Yeah, I'd already done all that. I'd learned the hard way not to do that again. So I started small and tested my ideas. Do not wait until everything feels perfect for a couple reasons. One is you'll never feel like it's perfect. You'll never feel like the timing is perfect. The other reason is you are most likely going to change things anyway. You're going to change things anyway. I did. Pretty much everybody I know did. Even the multi-billion dollar companies that you see out there that you think are raging successes did not start and finish at the same place. I've shared this example before. You've probably heard of Slack. Very successful. Large company that got acquired. It didn't start as Slack. It started as a little gaming company called TinySpec, and that was failing. Slack came from the tool they had built to use internally. They completely changed the company. <laughs> completely. You're probably going to change things. And there is nothing like reality to shake up your business dreams. You know, your strategy will not survive first contact with real customers. You're going to learn and you're going to adapt. Nothing beats interacting with real customers to figure out what they really want, what will really sell, and how you really want to operate your business. I had lots of ways I thought I was going to do things and ways I initially started doing things and learned this isn't sustainable. I can't keep doing this or I don't enjoy this, or the customers don't enjoy it. I had to make changes as I went along. I changed things between clients. Every new client, I tweaked things, and I adjusted things, and slowly it became better over the, the seven-year period. So the sooner you get that feedback, the better. You don't want to wait and wait. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my example and how I went through this process, and hopefully that will help you. And you can learn from what I did and maybe the mistakes I made and, and do even better, right? So I soft launched my coaching business about seven years ago in October of 2016. And I soft launched because I didn't know. I wasn't going to do this big grand you know, launch with a ticker tape parade and a bunch of ads and broadcast it everywhere because I wasn't sure if I was going to keep doing it, if it... If I was going to test this and no one wanted it or it wasn't going to work, why would I do a big massive launch and turn around and have to shut it all down, right? So uh, I started it when I wrote a Facebook post about defining something I called the business of you. And this was on October 14th. Um... It's called Defining the Business of You Let's You Design the Career and Life You Deserve. And you'll see that a lot of the initial messaging and kind of philosophy I had around this is still true today and kind of weaves its way through my invincible career business, invincible solopreneurs, invincible life. 
And I'm going to read this to you. This is the, the post I made that was kind of putting it out there and trying to get people's attention. When I talk about defining and creating the business of you, it's really about taking control and intentionally designing the career you want and the life you deserve. All too often, I think we'd let the river of life take us where it will. Early in life, we build our little boat and we set off from the shore where we think we want to go. Then, life happens. The education you choose pushes you in one direction. The job you take push you even farther downriver in another direction. You make minor course corrections as the river of life continues to flow. But you start to realize that you're being carried inexorably towards a destination that you couldn't see when you first set off. That's the way it is. And you now know that isn't where you want to go. Turning around and trying to row directly back upstream results in failure. People try, but it's too hard. The flow is too powerful, and they tire and just give up. That's what a lot of people do. They stay in the unpleasant known because of inertia and fear. It is just too hard to change. I'm not going to lie and tell you that you can start over from scratch. You are no longer 18 years old with your entire future in front of you, standing before a blank slate. You have decades of knowledge and skills and experience. You may think that can only be applied very narrowly to what you currently are and always have been. But that's not true. The toolbox of you is invaluable and can be leveraged with great success in so many different ways. You get to decide that. You may not be able to return to the beginning, but you can also do a lot more than just make minor course corrections. It won't be easy. It will take effort and willpower and some bravery. But you can adjust now and aim for a new destination. Use everything that you know now and make a better choice of where you want to be. How do you want to live the rest of your life? Where do you want to end up? That can start today. So that was the post. Yeah, I know, a little dramatic, huh? <laughs> yeah. So about 10 days later, I cross-posted the same content to create a native LinkedIn article. And this time I added a more specific call to action, you know, a CTA. And this is part of the strategy. This is part of the, the content creation, content marketing strategy I talk about for 
solopreneurs, but also people who are trying to have an invincible career. You don't have to create unique content for every single platform. Create your initial seed content, like a nice article, and then you can copy and paste and cross post to other platforms and you can make tweets from it, you name it. I'm going to still call it tweets, sorry. So the CTA I started adding, and you should do this too if you're going to start marketing yourself in your business. Have something. What do you want people to do when they read your article and they finish it, right? So I ended with ready to redefine your career and reclaim your life. I provide one-on-one career consulting for a limited number of clients. Let's talk to see if I can help you with your career transformations. Schedule a free 15-minute discovery call with me. That's it. You know, it was clear that it was limited and... I was saying that it was a career transformation and I offered the free call. It works really well with a service business. So I landed my first retained client about two weeks later. Someone who had read that, I think on LinkedIn and reached out and said, I didn't know you were doing coaching now. Can we talk? About a month after that, I started hinting about my coaching topics on Twitter. I started doing that more. Uh, I had something like stop talking the talk and start walking the walk. And I linked a uh, native LinkedIn article I had written about that. And after working with real clients, which is why I recommend this and starting and just testing the waters, I knew I was onto something that people needed. People were paying for it. They were getting results and they wanted to keep working with, with me. Some of these people have continued to work with me for like seven years now. So I knew I was onto something. So I started scaling up my writing, which I talk about all the time and my marketing efforts in a big way. So a few things to note, I didn't spend a lot of money on a new fancy coaching website. I always say this, do not spend a lot of money before you're making money. I wrote an article about this where it's like launch your new business idea in 30 days for $30. You really can. There are so many services that are low cost, no cost. So I didn't spend a lot of money on a fancy new coaching website. I just updated my WordPress site that I had already been using for corporate consulting. So I had Brilliant Forge and I'd been working with tech startups and corporations and doing product and design strategy work and like an interim design leader, interim product leader, that kind of stuff. So I already had a website. So I just added a page to the website that I could send people to that talked about the career coaching. That's it. I was marketing for free by posting on LinkedIn. I talked about the LinkedIn native articles Uh, posting on Facebook, and then I would tweet links to my LinkedIn articles on Twitter. And later I started writing lots of articles on Medium, so I talked about that. And that's totally free to do. That really is kind of demonstrating your expertise, your philosophy, how you think, your knowledge. It's a great way to do it. I still get clients from Medium. So I started writing a lot on Medium. This is all free. And you'll note from what I read to you, uh, it wasn't a lot of like, oh, here are the features of my coaching and here are the one, two, three, four, five bullet points, benefits. I was speaking to people's emotions. 
people buy with their hearts, not their wallets, right? They don't, it's not a real rational process at the end of the day when people buy, you know, a new iPhone or whatever it might be. They like to think that it is, but it's about the emotions. It's how people are feeling. So I tried to speak to that, how someone might be suffering in a job that no longer filled their needs, you know, uh, feeling like life had pushed them in a direction they didn't enjoy anymore and they wanted to change it but didn't know how. And talking about how much better life could be. You want to give people hope. You want to help people. So I spoke to people's emotions. I didn't spend any money on ads, so I wasn't running a bunch of advertising campaigns. Um, I'm not saying ads are bad, but hey, when you're just starting out and you're worried about providing for your family, as I was, I didn't want to spend a lot of money on ads. I didn't do an aggressive sales pitch in those discovery calls that I mentioned. I just asked questions. I listened. And I helped people as much as I could during that call. I still do these calls. And it really is me just trying to help as much as I possibly can in that initial call. And what happens is most people then ask me how they can continue working with me. So if the call is helpful and they like the energy between us, they say, hey, how can I keep working with you? I coached my first client over the phone. It was just using my phone. I imagine you have a phone. I did. There was no Zoom. <laughs> I wasn't using any fancy software to do it. It was just talking on the phone. I didn't have a fancy payment gateway. You know, people, a lot of clients just mailed me checks or they use PayPal. And most importantly, I didn't have everything figured out. I didn't have it all figured out. I just got going. I'd learned and adapted while learning from each new client engagement. You know, like I said, every new client taught me something new. You could research, study, and theorize about your business forever and still not know if it will really work. Or you can set aside your perfectionism test some ideas, get feedback, and learn from the real market. If your offer is helping people solve a problem, they're happy and they want more, and you're attracting new clients, you're onto something. But if something isn't clicking, you got to make changes and try again and again. And it takes time sometimes. So it sure is nice to dial in your business model and strategy while you're still receiving a nine to five paycheck. That keeps you from panicking, rushing things and making poor decisions. Test and evolve things until you're getting traction, then scale and decide when you're ready to go all in. It's faster easier and cheaper than ever before to launch and test your business idea. That's a great thing. It's an amazing thing that has happened over the last 10 years. I'm here to help and support you. So reach out if you'd like to talk. My community of solopreneurs is here to encourage you. That's what we do. I just had a call with a couple of people yesterday and we were talking and helping each other. 
And my workshop will help you get started, which is something I'm going to be kicking off next year. So what are you waiting for? Until next time, I wish you the best of luck with building the business of your dreams.